Welcome to Mike the Baptist. Welcome to H.D. Jones. Hey, good to be here. Preacher friend. Jason Riccardi. What's up? Preacher friend. Aw, I, I go to friend. church. I go to, I go to church with all of them. They are friends, and they're preachers. And I'm Mike the Baptist. I'm not a preacher. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be your friend. Hey, we're going to start right off the bat. That'd be a fun church. What's if, that? If you were the pastor. Would, would, and y'all is were that the, a church that you would visit, H.D.? If he was the pastor? Visit? <laughs> Well, yeah. he's obviously the pastor. Yes, at the, at he Temple. is. It would be different. I can assure you that it would be different. It'd be, I bet it'd be fun to visit if you were the um, pastor of a church. Well, it'd be fun. I'm not going to do it if it's not fun. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> I mean, you know, life is serious enough without being serious at church. I don't know if that sounded exactly right. but <laughs> Anyway, I was going to say I'm going to start right off the bat by, by saying, well, two things. www.mikethebaptist.com. Visit the website. Videos. Buy you a shirt. Coffee mug. Email comments at mikethebaptist.com. Send us whatever you want. We'll deal with it. You send it. We'll deal with it. Before we get to the front porch visit, I just found out something from these two guys in the green room uh, that I did not know. Uh, I'm accused once Should in a while. Should we be afraid? Uh, yeah. No, don't be too afraid. But I'm accused once in a while. Actually, I'm accused by myself. I'm accusing myself <laughs> of uh, throwing that term around Bible thumpers because I, okay. I, I, yeah. I don't want people to be Bible thumpers because that's so ineffective. But I don't know what we were talking about, but uh, y'all brought up, oh, I've got a shard or something in my elbow, and every time I... Talking about your old man ailment. Yeah, every time I touch it to something, I scream like a girl, but it hurts. But anyway, uh, Jason or Hodo, one of of y'all brought up the fact that that's where Bible Thumper came from. Explain that briefly. So uh, you have a a ganglion cyst. Is a cyst that's right here. On your wrist. On your wrist. For those of you who are only listening, he's pointing pointing at his wrist. That makes more sense if you're only listening. (laughs) Yes. So there's a cyst that will form on your wrist, and one of the old-time solutions, and I think they actually still say it. I mean, if if you don't want to go to the doctor, this is one of the ways that you can uh, help alleviate the pain that goes along with that, is you actually hit it with a big book. And the term Bible thumpers came about because that was oftentimes the largest and most readily available book at most households <laughs> when this was kind of becoming a thing. Fascinating. And so, you know, well, the Bible thumpers. King James books, you know, like with with the pictures and stuff. In yeah, it. yeah. really. I'm telling you, if one of y'all hit me on my elbow with a Bible right now, we're the fight. We're going to fight because <laughs> that would really hurt. But but I thought that was fascinating. There you I go. Did not know where that came from. Okay, so uh, fun educational. Fun educational. Brother Hodel's word for many things that happen on Mike the Baptist, <laughs> and that's one of them. Speaking of fun educational, on the front porch today, I had this brilliant idea uh, earlier to uh, have a serious front porch visit because often they get kind of comical, which I love. You know, I like to laugh, and so do y'all. But I thought, you know, in fairness and to keep some balance to the program, it'd be nice for me to bring up a topic that's kind of a little bit serious and kind of, you know, thoughtful. So I thought, you know, <clears throat> funerals used to bother me. Uh, but now I see funerals different in, in my uh, progressed age. Uh, I see good things about them that I appreciate. And I thought, you know, it'd be sweet to have a nice conversation with my two friends here about uh, things that they like about funerals. So earlier in the green room when I brought this up, uh, exactly what I should have figured was going to happen began to happen. And my nice little... Uh, uh, sentimental moment is my gone. Nice little sentimental moment just went poof. 
into nowhere. So I'm not going to spend a lot of, of our front porch time talking about my serious things, which, you know, are like uh, reconsidering the life, uh, hearing the good stories about somebody's life that means so much to me. Nope, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. I'm going to instead uh, let the two preacher friends of mine talk about things they like about funerals. The, the two people on the panel uh, out of the three that you would expect would be serious about this Turns out, nope, uh, that ain't going to happen here. So, um, how are I, you only smirking? Your story is phenomenal. I'm trying, I mean, I'm trying to think about only what smirking. I can say and what I can't well, say. Well, look, it's Mike DeBat. Right, right. So, uh, we're going to start with Jason yep. because I know what's coming from Brother Hodo, too. <laughs> yeah. And it's just this. So, yeah, I'm not going to waste a lot of, of your time on me today uh, because you need to hear. These two, <laughs> these two gentlemen speak about what they like about funerals, which turned into that's not really a topic. What I like about funerals is it's just about okay, Jason. So um, my dad used to own a garage in Texas, and one of the things that he would do as he owned the garage is everybody needs their vehicle worked on, and it just so happened that there was this one man, uh, Mr. Bowers, and he would come in and he owned a funeral home and. He would have to have the hearse worked on from time to time. Now, if you if you work in that industry, uh, you either have a warped sense of humor and everything's funny and, and like dark humor and stuff, or or you're one of the, you know, just a little bit different than you march to the beat of your own drummer, a little different than a lot of others. Uh, well, Mr. Bowers was one of those ones that had kind of a twisted sense of humor. So when he would come into the uh, the shop to get the hearse worked on, he could tell that people were a little uncomfortable. And so he would he would do crazy stuff. He'd be like, hey, uh, I need to get oil change. Can you make it quick? I, we're actually on the way to the, the graveside. We got one in there. We got, <laughs> we got a live one back there. It obviously, he's very dead. Yeah. Or um, he would show up and, and he would pull a uh, – a tape measure out and he, he'd start measuring my dad's height and he'd say like hey walk-ins are half off <laughs> so you know you'd have stuff like that happen but you know I, i'll credit this one to tracy joiner i i moved here in the area in about 2010 uh no 2013 20 2010 ish when i moved up to bowling green and uh, my wife and I got married in 05 we spent a little time here in bowling green but i had never heard of this before but apparently there was an individual who ran a nursing home or not nursing home, a funeral home in the area who um, was doing some crazy stuff. Like he would uh, throw trash in, in the casket and uh, he just, that was how he would get rid of his trash at the funeral home. He just kind of tossed it in there and bury it. And like, nobody else was paying attention. So it doesn't matter. Or he would uh, wait for the family to leave. And, and then he would, you know, um, take the individual out of the casket and bury them in something less expensive and then resell the casket. Obviously that's, it's breaking some laws and it turns out they're like federal, uh, federal laws. So he, he's doing time in the clink in a, in another place as well. He should be. Yeah. In yeah. the clink. In the clink. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, why does he know that clink? Uh, it's the sound the door so, makes. Was when that it's Hogan Heroes? Oh, shut. Yes. Yeah. Was that, was that on Hogan's Heroes clink? <laughs> You're dating yourself. I don't know. I've never seen Hogan's Heroes. So, Maybe. So but, if you see a casket on the Facebook marketplace, you need to be a little suspect. Yes. So that was actually where I was going next. <laughs> really? Crazy things you see on Facebook marketplace. Yes. I just like to scroll through there. I mean, sometimes you find some crazy stuff. Like you one time I found three pair of 
basically brand new shoes in my size for 60 bucks. Uh And they're all $100 plus pair of shoes. And I'm still finishing off one of those pairs of shoes. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Finishing off. <laughs> like, kind of like a piece of pie. It's it's awesome, right? Yes. But every once in a while, you find something <clears throat> crazy. Right. And, and there was a Facebook post in, in our area, and uh, <laughs> the title of it was, slightly used casket for sale. And slightly, I was like, no. Slightly used. No. And so I, I click on it. I'm like, what? And I read a little bit further and they said, uh, we buried my my grandparent for a little while and then decided to go a different route. And so now we're selling this slightly <laughs> used casket. And I was like, What's the other route? I guess cremation or something. But I was, I never did, but I was really tempted to call them and be like, Yo, <laughs> yeah. Come I wish on. you would have. To in tell the, me this and recorded. Is this it. legit? Like, is this serious, or are you just like messing with us? But I, that was one of the funniest Facebook Marketplace posts I've ever seen in my entire life. And you see, folks, why I said that my original intent for this front porch visit was yeah, something went, way. It, it went way downhill from there, didn't it? <laughs> but this is pretty interesting, <laughs> yeah. I will say. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of interesting, hmm. uh, were you did, were you at a Ta-da. stopping place? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. For me, I've always said, you know, we put the fun in funerals. Uh, mm-hmm. But golly, I've had some crazy things. Weddings and funerals are probably the two craziest times you get people together. Just real quickly, did this funeral <clears> for this guy. Didn't didn't really know him much about his family. But he was a construction worker. So I finish my speech, a little sermonette. I come over here and I stand at the head of the casket. The people are leaving to go out casket's still open i just kind of had my head down i keep hearing all this ruckus at the coffin and i'm like what is going on and i look over there there were people taking tools out of his belt and other people putting tools they were like like having a swap meet right here at the casket you know it's like well billy that's my tape measure but here i had your wrench you know and i was like no this is not happening did another one where a really young family Um, just you could tell most of them had never even been to a funeral and they were taking their kids up there and laying them in the casket with Papa, who was, huh, no. who, who was young, no, laying the kids in the casket, taking like their final picture with Papa. No, um, <laughs> no, most of the family had tie dye shirts on, airbrushed, you know, Papa's funeral, da da da. I think every good therapist story actually starts with that right there. But, it should. But the funniest, but the funniest <laughs> thing was, you know, we got got through the funeral and it was kind of rowdy. I mean, they didn't they didn't know to be still and be quiet. They were just up and down. But we, we get we get to the funeral. It was probably ninety five to hundred that day. It was hot. We get there and I'm standing there waiting for the hearse to open up. Well, the funeral home director looked at me and was like, "Oh no." <laughs> And I'm like, what? And I looked over there, and the guys carrying the casket, they already had shorts on anyway. They took all their shirts off. Because <laughs> it was hot. Because <laughs> it was hot. So they they take all their shirts off. Well, I look at this little funeral director who is mortified, and I said, I said, I had never done a naked funeral before. And they were mad. Oh, my gosh, they were so mad. I mean, we've really had some, we've had some good ones. Um, and, folks, wait, this is not clarify. even the best story because I know what's yeah, coming. Yeah, clarify. Who was mad? Oh, uh, the funeral home director was oh, the mad. funeral home. I thought you were yeah. talking like the people that were no, stripping down were mad. No. I'm like, why are you mad? <laughs> no, the funeral home director was like, you know, we did y'all a favor, and I can't believe y'all acted like this. But I was like, let's just get through this and move on. So 
Then we had this lady that she lived here in town, and she had this mean old dog. And mm-hmm. <laughs> none of the kids, nobody could pet the dog except this woman. And it was just well known among her kids. When mama dies, we're taking this dog and we're having the dog put down. Well, mama put a little hiccup in that plan because in her will, it said she wanted to be buried with her dog. <laughs> well, the state of Tennessee requires that anything that goes into a casket that has been living <clears throat> has to be embalmed, including a horse. Oh yes, I've been told about that before. Including who buried a horse, a horse yeah. with them? No, somebody wanted to be buried riding their horse. So yeah, that's been done too. <laughs> okay, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't part of that one. But this one I was a part of, and so they uh, they got they got Mama and they got her embalmed. Well, they take this little dog, which you have to take to the vet first to get euthanized, and they bring the little dog back, leave it at the funeral home, and I guess forgot to tell the person that prepares the body. Well, you have to be a little bit special, like Jason said. You got to be a little bit of a special person to do that, you know. <laughs> right. So this old boy uh, decided he really had never done that, and so he was guessing how much stuff to put in this dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he put so much stuff, he put so much chemical in the dog, they couldn't bend the dog's legs, and they put this dog in the casket. Well, I'm doing part of the funeral, know the family, that you know. And they're talking oh about it. They're talking about it at, as at the funeral home and oh. everything. We get ready to do the funeral, and again, mm-hmm. one of my things is it's I got to put fun in it somewhere. I mean, this lady was a Christian. Oh yeah, you'd have to put fun in that because yeah. there's none. Yeah, there this yet. lady. This lady was a Christian. We knew she was in heaven. You know, it was really a celebration of life, and everybody hated this dog. So I get up there and I was like, well, you know, I've heard some of y'all whispering and talking about da da da. I said, what you didn't know was. The poor guy that embalmed this dog didn't know how much stuff to put in him. He put too much, and I said, they couldn't bend his legs, his tail, nothing. Couldn't move his head around. And I said, so they got Spot, whatever the dog's name, they got Spot in the casket. And I said, just so you know, I'm not sure if all dogs go to heaven, but I'm pretty sure this sucker's going to be a statue for the first thousand years of there. <laughs> and the place lost it, you know. Yeah, there's been some been some fun funerals. That's amazing. Yeah. Yep. I mean that that's amazing. It almost sounds made up, but it's not. It's right. Happened right here in this little town, yep. didn't it? Yep, fun stuff. Uh, um so uh thanks is all I <laughs> know to say. I guess you know, I'm probably hurting my business now because I'm going to get less funerals because people are like, you know he'll talk about us on that podcast. You might get more now. I mean, it's about, yeah. Right. You right. might you might probably get more uh, <laughs> listeners. You might, might rank them in now. <laughs> okay, that was uh, uh, was an amazing front porch visit, and I'm, I'm glad we had it. Me too. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't know, I really don't know what else to say about it, except that was uh, kind of fun. Oh, with the fun in funerals, there that's you what go. you said. What do you do if you put the fun in funeral and the guy's name is Earl? Fun Earl. Funeral <laughs> Fun Earl. Right there. <laughs> okay, we'll be back in a minute to talk about some stuff we found in the Bible. Kind of more serious. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Thank you for listening to and watching Mike the Baptist. We hope you get something out of these programs and that they bring you a bit of joy and hope. This year, we want to ask you to help us grow our listening audience by simply sharing these podcasts and video episodes with your friends on social media and in the real world. Our goal is simple. Talk about our faith and how it affects our lives using common language. 
just the way people really talk. The message really is good news for people who are already churched up and for those who aren't yet because the good news isn't something we're given to keep to ourselves. It's meant to be shared. So we're asking you to share this year by telling others about the foolishness and the fun on Mike the Baptist. Happy New Year. We're just Christians trying not to cuss. Hey, we're back to talk about some stuff we found in the Bible. It's all y'all's. Good times. Yes. So last week when we were here, we talked about parables and what they mean. And it's it's kind of a, a story from everyday life to kind of tell a spiritual truth. And it has a dual effect of uh, making people that love Jesus search a little bit deeper and they get a deeper relationship with God because they're really diving in. And then those that they're running hard and fast away from God, it, the picture is kind of hidden from them. Uh, or either that or they just refuse to believe that it is what it says it is. And there's, I think we said 30-something parables that are in Scripture that Jesus used from everyday life. And one of them in Matthew chapter 13, it talks about the parable of the wheat and the weeds. And again, this is a, it's a very somber kind of judgment. Essentially what it says is, uh, those that believe in Jesus go to heaven and those that do not go to hell and hell is not a pleasant place to be. It's, it's not a place where, Hey, it's a big party and we're going to have some fun and we're going to drink beer all the time and, and do all this kind of crazy stuff that we're already doing here. It's just an eternity of doing that. It really paints a picture of hell that is, is not something that you want to be a part of. And as somebody that, uh, believes Jesus takes him at his word, um, that is that is a sobering fact um, that there'll be a day when I as a Christian will go to heaven and those people that I know and love that do not believe in Jesus, do not trust him for salvation, are going to be eternally separated from God. And I think this parable, especially so, uh, really one of the side things that we should get out of it, applications we should get, is that this should be something that drives us to mission. Mm. This should be something that drives us in evangelism. Because if you really do take Jesus at his word, there, are, there is a real eternity where people are really with him or really separated for all of eternity. And there's no end to the suffering if you've chosen to run hard and fast away from God. And there's no end to the joy for those that run towards him. If we really believe that, and we should, because the Bible repeatedly says this, it's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament, it is the reality of what we have to expect. You know, one of the things about that parable that really catches me, the King James Version, if you grew up on King James, it's the wheat and the tares. Um, when wheat and tares are young, or in other words, they're growing, you can't tell a lot of difference in them. They really look a lot alike. And it's one of the reasons that Jesus says you have to wait for the harvest. Um, it's a good it's a good reminder to us that um, there are a lot of things that we have in common with each other. We we all are sinners. We all are in need of a savior. But there is this thing that separates us, and the difference is 
what has Christ done in our life? Have we have we been forgiven of our sins, and uh, are we headed to heaven? Are we headed to hell? And it's really this separating thing that kind of reminds us that even though we all kind of look alike and we have similar stories, there is this big separation point, and it has nothing to do with your skin color or your gender or your social status or money, any of that kind of stuff. Your knowledge. It, it all has to do with this relationship that we have with God. And so while we look alike, there is this reality that we're not alike, not because we've made ourselves better. I think sometimes that's a misconception about the church. Y'all are a bunch of hypocrites mm-hmm. because you think you're better than everybody else. We shouldn't. We're not better than anybody else. We're just privileged to be saved. We're privileged to have our sins forgiven. And so... Um, we all start out the same, but we're not going to all end the same. And that's important because there are a lot of people that think universalism or this idea that we all end up in the same place. All roads lead to the same end. And that's really just not what the Bible talks about at all. So there's a bit of a harshness to that. Yeah. Uh, to the reality of that, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, there really is. And, you know, part of that story, too, is, you know, we live in a, we live in a difficult world. And they're they're just things that are even going on in our world today that I'll be honest with you I don't really know how to feel about them. Um, several months ago, Israel was attacked, and I feel like Israel has a right to defend itself. Mm-hmm. But we're now getting to that place into the war where it almost looks like Israel's trying to annihilate Hamas and all the people. And there's a part of me that goes, I don't know. I don't know. I, I agree you, you have the right to retaliate, protect yourself, blah, blah, blah. But how far is too far? Mm-hmm. One of the things that we can trust is that when God passes judgment, it's going to be based on his righteousness and his holiness. Not our righteousness and holiness, but his righteousness and holiness. And kind of gives us some, I guess, some comfort to know that he's going to make things right in the end. Because I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I still have a little bit of that redneck in me. If you, if you, if I know you're the guy that you know scratched my car, I kind of want to scratch yours back, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Um, but how does that help y'all to know that God's ultimately in control of this thing called judgment? You know, there's a, a passage in Scripture that you really open up the the Bible with Genesis and. There's this story of, of creation, and then in Genesis 2, it's retelling of the creation story with Adam and Eve as kind of the focus. And then in Genesis 3, uh, the first question is Satan getting us to question God. God's first question is us seeking us out when we've run away in our sin. But there were, there were one tree that Adam and Eve couldn't eat, and it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, in Genesis 1... It says, after most of the days, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. And then at the very end of all of creation, it says, it's not just good, but it was very good. So Adam and Eve knew goodness. They just did not know evil. And we often see God uh, casting Adam and Eve out of the garden as a severe punishment. And it was, but it was also an element of God's grace. Because he cast them out of the garden before they ate of the tree of eternal life. And so we see this picture beginning in the very first part of the Bible. This picture of God is in control. 
our sin did not catch God off guard. And even in his judgment, God is merciful. And there's another passage of scripture in the New Testament. It talks about, you know, the second coming. And it said, God does not delay in the way that we typically think of it. Like, you know, you're, you're waiting and you're just wasting time. You know, God delays in coming again because he wants us to have every opportunity to know him in goodness in judgment rather than in sinfulness in judgment. And we serve a God that is worth following. We serve a God that loves us despite of all of our mistakes and all of our issues. And if you're listening to this, I promise you that it's a God worth serving. He loves you regardless. He seeks you out at all times. And all he wants is an eternity with you. He thought enough of you to seek you out for all of eternity. And it really comes down to this decision point where are you going to trust him for salvation? And salvation means you have to be saved from something. So are you going to admit that you're lost and dying and headed to an eternity separated from him, the source of all love? Or do you want to trust him to lift you up out of your circumstances? The Bible begins in perfection and sin messes everything up. But the Bible ends in perfection. Do you, do you want God to speak perfection into your life and allow him to just change everything about you? Change the way that you think, change the way that you feel, change the way that you act, change the way that you speak, change the way that you interact, change your relationships with other people, because I promise he can do that. And the, the series of parables that we're looking at in Matthew 13 kind of speak to that. There's a day that's coming where there's judgment. And this is what time like now, if you're sitting at home and you're, you're hearing this and you're thinking, you know what, I need that. Man, it's, it's something as simple as admitting to God that you have messed up, believing that he is the only way to be saved, and then telling him, here's how I've messed up, and just asking him to change who you are. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you do that, I promise you it's the best decision you'll ever make. And if you do that after listening to this, man, we would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. We, awesome would, to we would love to hear that. from you. Yeah. Because I'll also tell you this right now. Uh, my youth group, we had a Super Bowl party. There's another parable in the Bible where it talks about how the farmer plants, goes to sleep, sun comes up, sun comes down, and the plant grows all by itself. And the point of that parable is that God is the one that does the work of salvation. God is the one that does the work of growth. And I'll tell you, we were having a Super Bowl party at our youth, and I was watching some dumb commercial, and this kid walks up to me and he says, hey man, I think I want to get baptized. <clears throat> and I promise you, it may not feel like it at all times, but God is at work. And if you let him, if you listen for it, he's there talking to you right now. Yeah, the the other parable that we've kind of read through this week, it's right behind the wheat and tares, talks about this net. Again, Jesus uses these simple analogies that all of us can understand. Fishermen cast a net. They pull the net up on shore. They go through the fish. Some are fish are valuable. You sell those. You make money. Those are valuable. There's those fish that are not value. We'd call them chum. You know, that becomes bait. Mm-hmm. Um, but the striking part of that is it's not the fish that determines their value. It's the fisherman that determines their value. You know, and I would just say, along with what Jason has been talking about today, is that, you know, 
in our culture we try to we try to tell God who's good, who's bad, what should happen, what shouldn't happen. But the reality is that God's the ultimate determiner of our destiny. And really, again, all we can do is believe or not believe. We can accept or we can reject. But it's going to have eternal consequences. And, uh, you know, we need to think about that. You know, um, the Bible's plain to talk about there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to God. There's only one way to be forgiven. And how do we do that? You know, who is that? Well, it's through Christ. And so uh, we make much of him. You know, we're, we're the professional Christians. We get paid to be Christians. Uh, Mike the Baptist, he just does it out of the goodness of his heart. <laughs> but it is a reality that all of our lives we have surrendered to him because we realize with him our life has value and purpose and meaning. And without him it doesn't. Uh, yeah, you can have some good things happen to you in this life but ultimately you're going to be disappointed with this life Mm. same sense even as christians we can have bad things that happen to us in this life but ultimately we are going to be so satisfied Mm. with what happens seems to me like uh everybody this is my observation everybody wants to be at peace yeah above well you know everybody wants to be loved Everybody wants to know their love, but beyond that, what I have observed is everybody wants to be at peace. Yeah, you know the and they can be. I think yeah. this 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 allows you to have a place inside of you that can be at peace, even in the middle of really bad things. It's it's kind of amazing how that works, but this this is where you can find that. It's where you can find that. There's a word in the Old Testament, shalom. <laughs> Uh, and it's the word for peace. And it's more than just the absence of war. It is the sense of well-being that everything is right. Mm-hmm. And that's what God wants to offer us. It's not just the absence of conflict. It's not like the Cold War where there's no active fighting going on. It's so much more than that that, that he offers us. It's, it's genuine, deep in your soul, peace that things are well. Uh, it's how you can go to a funeral <laughs> and have fun, and have well, fun. yeah, and yeah. see it for uh, what it is. It's yep. a physical thing that happened there, yep. and that person uh, wasn't in that anyway. Yeah, and it's certainly not in that. Yeah, let me tell you. Body a, now. Let me tell you a sad story at a funeral. So, again, I was doing this funeral. All the kids are my age or older, so they're mature enough to know better. One of the kids comes to me and says, "Can you find me one of them people?" And I was like, "You mean like funeral home director?" And she's like, "Yeah." Yeah, so I go, I didn't know what she wanted, I went and got him, and she pulled the funeral home director aside and handed him a flashlight and said, I want you to put this in the casket because hmm. I don't want them to be in the dark. And I thought, how sad that a person over 40 years old hmm. doesn't realize the darkness isn't in the casket. Hmm. The darkness is in the heart, you know, um, the light that we all want is not a flashlight or the sunlight. It's Christ. And so uh, we need to make that decision before we end up in the casket. Once we're in the casket, it's too late. You're either a weed or a tear at that point. You're a good fish or you're a bad fish at that point. Um, but God wants to make a difference, and only he can make that difference in your life. Mm-hmm. But it has to be while you're alive. There are no second chances. We do need to know that. Once you've taken your last breath, the Bible says, it's appointed man wants to die and then the judgment. Once, yeah. Once, yeah. And, 
That may not be appropriate, but batteries won't last that long. You're either. right. Yeah. So, just want to throw that. And in he there. was dead. He couldn't see it. <laughs> well, there's that too. I mean, there's so many things. You're but welcome. The point. <laughs> the point is well taken. Yeah. Yeah. Once you die once. Yep. That's it. Make that decision before it's too late. Mm-hmm. Are you all through? Plane landed, man. Oh, I would say good. it did. I yep. Didn't even didn't even have to drop landing gear. It was just it just scooted in there. You know, we have this unique way of taking a really good talk and uh, skinning the bottom of it up before, <laughs> before we're done, don't we? Yeah. We just have a way of doing that. But you know what? That's what I like about uh, what we do here is that I'll tell you one of the things that bores me the most on the planet is an overly spiritual discussion amongst people that can't see the humor in themselves. I just get so bored with that. And, I, you know, I, I know they're well-meaning, that people that do that. I know they're well-meaning. And I don't always verbalize <laughs> what I'm thinking, but I get so much more out of talking like people talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know? I kind of, maybe it's just me, but I kind of think that that's what God hears is us talking just like we talk. I'm just saying. I think he probably hears more than that. He I think he does. hears our very unfiltered thoughts yeah that come that are that are just really messed up before it actually comes out yeah. and he still loves us which which means it's incredible that mike the baptist has lasted <laughs> as long as it has <laughs> that he does know that Here, well we appreciate editing right editing, you editing know, is a good thing you know we joke about editing but seriously uh, i don't have to edit a whole lot now i don't film uh the green room at all <laughs> because that's where we, we appreciate uh, out ideas and just and, you know talk about direction tomfoolery etc etc but it's all it's all good and it's all fun i appreciate you guys being willing to talk like this uh and uh, knowing that people you know <laughs> are going to hear you talk like this but i was worried they'd think less of us but then i was like is nah, that possible nah you know, uh, uh, the original intent of the preacher series on Mike the Baptist was to let people see preachers like you know, like people, which they are. I'm not sure a lot. Some people know that, but they really are. And I've heard good comments about it. just uh, hearing the raw y'all <laughs> at 1.5 speed. At 1.5 speed. That's well, it. you know, we've got a shorter program now, so people don't have to do that anymore. Maybe, maybe you can dial it down to 1.25 yeah 1.25 we'll get them there eventually yeah okay we'll be back play in your out stick with us hey everybody it's time to play america's almost favoritest new game show any or Audi, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the bible or out of the bible sharpen your wits guest you're about to be in the hot seat of bible stuff because you're the next contestant on any or Audi. here's mike hey are you ready for an exciting round of any or Audi? i am i'm so ready it's either in or it's not it's one of the two it's really any or out is the way we usually refer to that. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, where you're from, you probably say, it's either in or it ain't. Yeah, that's right. We could have called it in or ain't. Just not near as funny. No, any or out is funnier. Uh, so today, Jason and Brother Hodo are in the power seats, and I'm just going to sit back and be a team player for whoever uh, uh, is not in the power seat. Let's go. Sweet. Hey, she, you want to go? All right, so we've been talking about funerals. We have. 
Jesus talked a lot about his funeral. Whoa. One of the analogies that he used is he said that the Son of Man had to be lifted up like the bronze snake that was lifted up in the wilderness. Moses lifted up a bronze snake, and if people looked at it, they were healed. So Jesus said, just like that, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Now, my question is, we know the bronze snake is in the Old Testament, is the bronze snake in the New Testament? Was it physically in the temple? Was it part of the New Testament? The physical thing. Yep. yep. Was it physically in the New Testament? So uh, we have to turn that into an any or outy. So yes. was it in there or was it ain't? In the New Testament. Is it in the New Testament or ain't it? Okay. If it is, it's an any. Yep. If, if it, it ain't, it's an outy. Correct. Okay. Just trying to mentally get the... The flow. Was that a Freudian slip? You just said, correct, it's not in there? I don't even know who mm. Freudian is. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, slips, but not Freudians. Um, so, Jason, my gut says no, because... That's what oh, wait a minute, though. Wait a minute, though. Wait. <laughs> so, when Jesus showed up, they were still doing all that old stuff, right? They didn't start yes. changing that until he... Uh, moved on, moved on, did they? So, <clears throat> I, I can't remember if that was one of the items in the Ark of the Covenant. I know manna and Aaron's staff. Um, I know that the Ten Commandments were in the Ark of the Covenant. Chick Fil A, just Chick Fil A was in there. Um, <laughs> miraculously, it never went bad. Oh my gosh, this is getting bad. Sorry. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I don't think that that was one of the items in there. <laughs> in the Ark of the Covenant, so I don't think it's in reference to that. I think it was just those three things. The Ark, Aaron's Rod that budded, and then Manna. I think it was three things in the Ark of the Covenant. That was lost. So, regardless... Prior to. Prior prior to the New Testament. It got lost somewhere in time. Well, I guess it wouldn't be lost after in the future, would it? So all of that to say Jason's talked himself out of the Ark of the Covenant. So yeah, yes. it, I don't think it's it's <laughs> in relation to, to that. I brought up the Ark of the Covenant, yeah. and I'm thinking, no. Are you talking like, is it a decorative element in the temple? Is that what you mean? Or yeah, was it, was there still, did they still have one? Yep. Do they still have that one? Yeah, that one. Hmm, it, that's pretty interesting. My gut says it's an Audi that they did not. I do know Jesus referenced it himself. Well, maybe they did. Then. I mean, because that was the story you actually brought up. Yeah. So uh, there. there you go. Uh, <clears throat> but why Why would Jesus say just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, and why wouldn't he say just as that thing that you're looking at in the temple there, you see it all this. the time. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, didn't, that thing right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> off the we may rails. be dumbing this down too much now. but I, I don't. I don't. I cannot think of a place that it's in there, but the re- but the fact that you're asking this question is making me like, maybe I missed that part of scripture. Uh, I- I'm almost inclined to say it is, but I really don't think it is. Huh? <laughs> I really don't think it is. You sound like me now. <laughs> I really don't think it is, but the fact that he's asking this question is is your weaselness is catching. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> your weaselness is. Yeah. So um, it. Funucational. Specifically, he he mentioned just as he rose, raised the bronze yep. snake up. Yep. Then, yep. 
soul son of man must be lifted up so he specifically said that yep so jason he did not say that there <laughs> yeah so he just said but just you're talking as. like it's a go further with that to to me, help me understand what it is that you're actually asking if it's in the new testament or not if or in, in the temple or not there, right like are you saying that the the staff that had the snake lifted up from the Old Testament is in there, or are you saying it was just a decorative element of the temple? Boy. Wow, would you just like me to give you that answer? Well, <laughs> I was thinking, what are you going to do with that? Because that's, that's deep right there. I think you were just asking, is there one in Jesus' time? Was there still one there? Yes. I think that's that's what I heard. I'm, I'm thinking, yes, just because you're asking the question i can't remember a specific place that it would be referenced at all so this is like a really good one wait a minute maybe we don't know i have had those (laughs) well yes but (laughs) wait i forgot the question what in order to know though jason for sure it would have had to been mentioned somewhere else in scripture to show that yes there there was still one there yeah but i I can't think of one but the very fact that he's asking the question makes me... I think it's an Audi, but I'm going to go with you because you have the license. <laughs> the preacher's license. I don't have one. I, I, have, I, I really cannot think of a place that it references it, but he's asking the question, so I, I think I'm going to say any. I'm going to go with you then. I'm going to, I'm going to put my, my money worth a, a preacher's license. And Jason and I are... What are we? Any's? Any's. We're any's. We're any's. Man, that was, Did you say any or idiots? Uh, <laughs> I'm tired. I forgot the question. I forgot the question. I'm probably parsing the question too much. I mean, making too much of it. Oh, no, it's interesting. So, during the Reform era... In the Old Testament. In the like Old Testament. Ezekiel's yep. Reform. Hezekiah... Or Hezekiah's Reform. Destroyed the bronze snake. Oh, they actually had it in the Old Testament, but 2 Kings 18.4, Hezekiah destroyed that snake, and so it was no longer part of the temple. So it would not have been in the Lost. New Testament. The gut, the gut got it. The license flopped. Yep. <laughs> Your weaselness prevails. Yes. <laughs> he wins no matter what. Uh, My bad. I, I really could not think of well, a place. I know it. why you were saying it, though, because... He's sneaky. Yes. He's sly like a snake. He is. Is, the, is that, the, is that the, uh, where the medical serpent comes from? from that no, staff? that's the rod. Uh, I've looked this up. Yes. It's the rod of a... Asclepius or something. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. it's more of a Greek thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There, there's time. similarities, but it is gotcha. not from the same place. Yeah, I, yeah. I was wondering about some that. Some people, recently. that would have been a good in your because some people do try to draw that analogy. Well, I was going to bring yeah. that up on in your some time ago. And Go ahead and do that because we'll forget. <laughs> I will bring that up. Okay, so. Wait till Jason's not here. I know I'll forget. <laughs> so it's a loss. Uh, Jason, is you're it, in the power seat. That, that's on me. So. That's okay. That's okay. Last week we had a good week. There's two wins, <laughs> and it was just amazing. Now we, we're back to normal. <laughs> it goes back to 50-50 eventually. We'll probably that's, lose this one, too. That's fine. Um, you can't lose. You're the person. That's right. He was throwing so over the last two weeks, I've, I'm two for three. Um, that'll get you in the Hall of Fame as a baseball player. Uh, as On Mike the Baptist, it will, too. Yeah. Even one for three will get you in the Hall of Fame. Um, retire in the Bible or not? 
Huh? Retire in the Bible or not? Just the word we, or we the, use the, the I mean, we always say retirement's not in the Bible. We always say that. Is it in the Bible or not? Retire. Oh, yeah, because people say you can't quit working for the Lord. You don't retire from that, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. They probably didn't have that same accent back then, the Lord, did they? <laughs> hey, y'all. Yeah. Uh, so you're asking us. Is the word retire in, the, in Bible? the Bible? The word retire or the concept of retirement? Not the concept. Okay, the, the word. word retire. Okay, H, what do you think about that? The concept of retirement is not in the Bible. In relation to in doing relation, work for that. Right. Although Elijah retired. Did he? Yeah, because he laid his mantle on Elisha. He was done at that point. Oh, well, yeah. hmm. That's a form of retirement. Anyway. Uh, but he didn't say, I'm retired. No, he didn't say, I'm retired. So the phrase or the word retirement only thing I could think of being in there is like if somebody had just gone to lay down, like Grandpa went to gone retire. To retire. <laughs> he went to retire. <laughs> no, not not talking about it in that that sense. Uh, are you talking about it in the the typical sense? We the, like the phrase as in working a job or as in working for the Lord. <laughs> he knows how to spiritualize when Lord. I said the Lord. Yeah. Um, right no, just like we always say. <laughs> The word retire is not in the Bible. Yes. Is it in or out? And, and not in the sense of like going to sleep. Like I retired for the evening. Like you not, hung not it like up. like that. Yeah. Like you hung up your work. I don't, I think it's an Audi H. I don't know why, but. Because we always say that, which means he's found somewhere that. We're, <laughs> that says it. It so says it. Beat us up with yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got me with that kind of well, no, wait logic a minute. though I, earlier. I, I went with Jason on that kind of thinking yeah. on the last one and I lost. Yeah. Because so it could be 50-50 if you go with him. I mean, the odds yeah, are you're you in favor. he was slipping up on you. Yeah. I went with you and I lost. And yeah. now you think he's slipping up on you. Yeah. But I think you're right on this one. I think he's. I think he has found somewhere where it's in there. The <laughs> 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 look on your guy's face. Yeah. Well, if his, you're only listening, there was very quizzical his, looks his, happened right there. His weaselness. <laughs> he's yeah, trying, weaselness to, he's trying to like, figure out how to get out of this. Uh, Squinting my eyes, really, you know, when you're really trying to think of something. I think I'm, I'll go with you, though. I think it's a. What did you say? Any? <laughs> <laughs> I, I said it was out. Oh, I thought you said it was an any. No, I said out. But I thought you said that you thought he was trying I to I know what I think you. he's trying to do. <laughs> he's probably found some place where he can go, yeah, that's actually in the Bible. But you're saying Audi. But I mean. So you're actually going with me. Yeah. Oh, it's an Audi, Jason. I'm, I'm riding the Jackson train. <laughs> we're, we're going with Audi, Jason. Audi? Oh, uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, yes. Sure, we might as well. <laughs> Numbers 825, but at 50 years old, he is to retire from his service in the work and no longer serve. For a Levite? A uh, priest in the temple. Priest. Yep. See, your gut was right on that one. Yeah. Not it is the only place. No, wait a minute. I don't know what just happened, yeah, but <laughs> I think we lost. We did. Double so L. that's uh, the CSB translation. The NIV says something similar. And he said at 50? I mean, even specified an age because yep. they lived like nine. Basically, the same translation for the NIV, mm -hmm. and then if you do ESV, um, so all the times we've said in preaching, retirement's not in the Bible. We've actually there it is. So you can't retire from this. But again, <laughs> you can almost call it a trick question because many of the other May translations do not say <laughs> retire there. 
So Jason's giving us a It's the CSB and the NIV that specifically say the word retire. Christian Standard Bible, is that what CSB mm-hmm. stands for? Yeah. That was written by Curtis Sanders Bible. (laughs) (laughs) It was written by a bunch of old guys that wanted to retire. Look, here it is, right here. We can retire. Only question I have is, if you live to nine hundred, HCSB fifty. What do you do all that time? Right. That's a lot of lot a lot of time. That is a lot of time. Okay, exciting. It was good. Old Testament. We had a snake on a pole, and people could retire. Yep, and we bombed all the way around. But this, but we learned something once again. Fun educational. We'll be back. We're 50-50 over the last two weeks. That's not so bad. (laughs) We're down, though. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. Hey, thanks again for uh, hanging with us and listening to the nonsense. Hope you picked up something a little bit. There's some nuggets in the nonsense today that you might have picked up on if you were paying attention. I did. I actually paid more attention than I usually do. So picked up a few there nuggets myself. H.D. Jones. Good to be here, Michael. Nice to have you here again. I know people appreciate you for your nonsense. Jason Riccardi, you as well are full of nonsense and people appreciate it. Lots of nonsense. Lots of nonsense. I too have some nonsense uh, uh, I think that's your baseline, isn't it? It is pretty much my baseline. I go the other way. It's like work. Uh, I retired first when I was young <laughs> and now you know, going back to work. So I do things in reverse, but it's okay. Take it up with God. He made me. I didn't. Anyway, thanks. See you next time. Remember, we're just all Christians. Try not to go. Yes. Yep. I guess that's it. Mike the Baptist.